Welcome to another episode of Tech Insights with Eglowid, your go-to podcast for all things software development. In today's episode, we'll dive into the fascinating realm of Ruby design patterns and explore how they can elevate your software solutions. Without further ado, let's get started. Before we delve into the world of Ruby design patterns, it's essential to understand that these patterns are not ready-made functions or libraries that you can simply copy and paste into your code. Rather, they are general notions for tackling specific situations in your software development. Picture a pattern as a blueprint that outlines the consequences and features of a solution. However, it is entirely up to you, the software engineer, to implement the pattern to suit your software's unique circumstances. Now, it's easy to confuse patterns with algorithms since both offer common solutions to well-known problems. However, let's make a clear distinction here, a pattern is a more elevated description of a solution compared to an algorithm. When you apply the same pattern to different programs, the actual code may vary significantly, adapting to the specific requirements of each software. So, what exactly are Ruby design patterns? As we mentioned earlier, design patterns are popular solutions to common challenges in software design. Think of them as pre-made layouts that you can adapt and modify in your code to address recurring design problems. Unlike ready-made functions or libraries that you can directly use in your code, you can't simply discover a design pattern and replicate it in your application. Instead, a design pattern in Ruby represents a general notion for approaching a specific problem, rather than a specific piece of code. When you encounter a certain challenge in your Ruby project, understanding and applying the appropriate design pattern can be incredibly beneficial. By following the pattern's specifics, you can implement a tailored solution that best suits your program's unique circumstances. Moving on to our next topic. What does the pattern consist of? Ruby design patterns are meticulously documented, ensuring their adaptability to various scenarios. These patterns serve as time-tested solutions to common software design challenges, empowering developers to create robust and efficient applications. Within each Ruby design pattern, you'll find specific components that offer valuable guidance to developers seeking to apply them effectively. Let's explore these essential elements that form the foundation of every Ruby design pattern. First and foremost, we have the intent. The pattern's intent provides a concise outline of the problem at hand and the potential remedies it offers. Understanding the intent is crucial as it sets the direction for implementing the pattern in a specific context. Next up is motivation. The motivation section delves deeper into the problem, providing clarity and insight into the scenarios where the pattern can be effectively applied. This understanding helps developers recognize the value of the pattern in solving real-world software challenges. The structure of classes is another crucial component. It illustrates the organization of each component within the pattern and how they interconnect with each other. This high-level view of the design facilitates better comprehension of the pattern's architecture. Lastly, we have the invaluable code example. This frequently used technique offers practical implementations of the design pattern, making it easier for developers to grasp the concept and apply it in their own projects. In our ongoing quest to understand the world of Ruby design patterns, we now ponder the question, why should you invest your time in learning these powerful patterns? As a seasoned developer, you may think you don't need to know every single pattern out there. However, even if you haven't had the opportunity to delve into each pattern, they remain valuable tools that can enhance your coding expertise. Ruby design patterns offer a collection of tried and true solutions to typical program design difficulties. Knowing these patterns can prove useful even if you've never encountered these specific challenges before. The insights gained from understanding these patterns empower you to tackle all sorts of problems using the principles of object-oriented design. One of the key advantages of learning Ruby design patterns is the common language they provide. 
By familiarizing yourself with these patterns, you and your teammates can communicate more effectively. Instead of explaining complex design concepts, simply mentioning the pattern's name suffices to convey the solution. Let's explore the different categories that encompass these powerful patterns. The world of design patterns offers a rich variety of intricacy and depth, with each pattern tailored to address specific challenges in software development. In 1994, a groundbreaking book titled, Design Patterns, Elements of Reusable Object-Oriented Software, was authored by Eric Gamma, Richard Helm, Ralph Johnson, and John Blissides. These four visionary authors, often referred to as the Gang of Four, revolutionized the concept of design patterns in software development. According to the GUF, design patterns are primarily based on the following fundamental object-oriented design concepts, programmed to an interface, not an implementation. Favor object composition over inheritance. Now, let's delve into the categories that encompass the GOF design patterns, which will guide us in our future explorations. Creational patterns, structural patterns, behavioral patterns. Now, we embark on our exploration of creational patterns in Ruby on Rails design. These patterns provide powerful object creation mechanisms that enhance flexibility and promote the reuse of existing code. We'll dive into the first creational design pattern, the abstract factory. The abstract factory design pattern addresses the challenge of creating complete product families without relying on concrete classes. Instead, it allows for the creation of various goods using an interface, while delegating the actual product manufacturing to concrete factory classes. Each type of factory corresponds to a specific product variety, ensuring compatibility among all the items produced by a factory. The client code interacts with factories and products solely through their abstract interfaces. This decoupling enables the client code to use any product created by a factory object without tightly coupling with concrete items. When a new concrete factory class is introduced, the client code can seamlessly utilize the new product it creates. So, why should you consider using the abstract factory design pattern? First, it guarantees compatibility among goods purchased from a factory, providing confidence in the system's integrity. Second, it adheres to the single responsibility rule, centralizing and simplifying the support for product generation code when extracted. Third, by applying the open, closed principle, the abstract factory design pattern allows you to introduce new product variants without modifying the existing client code. Now, let's dive into one of the most powerful design patterns, the builder pattern. The builder pattern, a creational design pattern, facilitates the gradual construction of complex objects. Unlike other creational designs, the builder pattern doesn't require products to have a common interface. This flexibility allows for the creation of different products using the same construction method. Following the builder pattern, developers can relocate the object building code from an objects class into independent objects referred to as builders. These builders break down the process of building an object into a series of steps. Each step is carried out on a builder object, ultimately generating the desired object. The beauty of this approach lies in the fact that not all steps need to be called, developers are limited to calling only the steps required to produce a specific configuration of the object. Moreover, distinct implementations may be necessary for building alternative representations of the product. So, why should you consider using the builder pattern in your projects? First, the builder pattern allows you to postpone or repeat construction phases recursively when developing things step by step, granting you greater control over the building process. Second, you can build multiple product representations using the same construction code, saving development time and promoting code reuse. Third, by separating complicated building code from the product's business logic, the builder pattern adheres to the single responsibility rule, promoting cleaner and more maintainable code. 
Next, let's explore the factory method, another fascinating creational design pattern. The factory method, also known as the virtual constructor, is a creational design pattern specifically crafted to address the challenge of creating product objects without specifying their concrete classes. Instead of using direct constructor calls, new operator, the factory method pattern introduces a special method that should be used to create objects. By adopting the factory method pattern, developers replace direct object construction calls with this special factory method. The actual object creation still occurs via the new operator but is now called from within the factory method. As a result, objects returned by the factory method are often referred to as products. The versatility of the factory method pattern lies in the fact that subclasses can override the factory method, altering the class of objects that will be created. This flexibility provides a powerful tool to adapt the object creation process to diverse scenarios. So, why should you consider using the factory method pattern in your projects? Firstly, the factory method pattern fosters a decoupling between the creator and the tangible output, promoting better maintainability and reusability in your codebase. Secondly, it adheres to the single responsibility rule by centralizing the code for product creation in one location. This organization streamlines the program's codebase, making it easier to support and modify. Lastly, the factory method pattern upholds the open, closed principle, allowing the addition of new product categories to the program without impacting the existing client code. This extensibility empowers your software to evolve gracefully with changing requirements. Now turning our attention to the intriguing prototype pattern. The prototype, often referred to as the clone design pattern, is a creational pattern that empowers developers to duplicate existing objects without coupling their code to the specific classes of these objects. Instead, the objects being duplicated are granted control over the cloning process. To ensure uniformity among objects that support cloning, the prototype pattern declares a common interface, allowing objects to be copied without directly linking your program to their class. Typically, this interface includes a single clone method. In the implementation of the clone method across all classes, the process is relatively similar. The method produces a new object of the current class while importing all field values from the old object. In most programming languages, even private fields of other objects that are members of the same class can be accessed, allowing you to clone private fields as well. Prototypes are objects that facilitate cloning. If your objects have dozens of fields and hundreds of possible configurations, consider cloning them instead of subclassing. This approach allows you to create new instances with these, saving you from repetitive initialization code. So, why should you consider using the prototype pattern in your projects? First, the prototype pattern grants you the ability to copy objects independently of the concrete classes that define them. This decoupling enhances flexibility in your codebase. Second, cloning pre-built prototypes eliminates the need for repetitive initialization code, streamlining your development process. Third, you gain more flexibility in producing complex objects with multiple configurations, simplifying object creation in your applications. Lastly, when dealing with configuration settings for intricate objects, the prototype pattern can be a viable alternative to inheritance. Now, we will explore the singleton pattern. The singleton pattern, a remarkable creational design pattern, ensures that only one object of its kind exists and provides a single point of access to it for any other code. Much like global variables, singleton patterns have their pros and cons. While they guarantee a single instance of a class and offer a global access point, they can break the modularity of your code. So, why should you consider using the singleton pattern in your projects? First and foremost, the singleton pattern gives you the assurance that there will be only one instance of a class, maintaining data consistency and avoiding multiple conflicting instances. 
Second, the singleton pattern offers global access to this single instance, allowing different parts of your application to interact with the same shared data seamlessly. Third, the singleton object is initialized only when it is first requested, minimizing resource usage until it is needed. However, the singleton pattern can be implemented in different ways, leading to two distinct variations, the naive singleton and the thread-safe singleton. The naive singleton is relatively easy to implement. You need to hide the constructor and implement the static creation method. But beware, in a multi-threaded environment, this implementation behaves incorrectly. Multiple threads can call the creation method simultaneously, resulting in several instances of the singleton class. To address this issue and ensure thread safety, the thread safe singleton comes into play. To fix the problem, you need to synchronize threads during the first creation of the singleton object, ensuring that only one instance is created. Now let's explore the fascinating world of behavioral patterns. Behavioral patterns excel in handling communication and responsibility assignment among objects, making interactions between them more flexible and dynamic. Let's begin with the first behavioral pattern, the chain of responsibility. The chain of responsibility, also known as the chain of command or core, is a powerful behavioral design pattern that enables you to transfer requests along a chain of handlers. Each handler can choose whether to execute the request or pass it on to the next handler in the chain. This approach allows multiple objects to respond to requests without the sender class becoming dependent on the receiver's concrete classes. One of the significant advantages of the chain of responsibility pattern is its ability to dynamically assemble the chain at runtime. Any handler that adheres to a common handler protocol can be linked together to form the chain. In Ruby, this concept is quite frequent, especially when dealing with object chains, such as event chains, filters, and other scenarios. To implement the chain of responsibility pattern, you encode specific behavior in standalone objects called handlers. These handlers are then linked together in a chain, with each linked handler holding a reference to the handler following it. As a request moves up the chain, each handler has the opportunity to respond to the request or pass it along to the next one. So, why should you consider using the chain of responsibility pattern in your projects? First, the processing of requests can happen in whatever sequence you choose, granting you flexibility in handling complex scenarios. Second, by separating classes that execute operations from those that invoke them, the chain of responsibility pattern adheres to the single responsibility rule, promoting cleaner and more maintainable code. Third, the pattern upholds the open, closed principle, allowing you to add additional handlers to the application without impacting the existing client code. Next one is, Iterator a powerful behavioral design pattern that offers a seamless way to traverse elements of a collection without exposing its underlying representation. Whether it's a stack, a tree, or any other complex data structure, the Iterator allows for sequential traversal while keeping the internal details hidden. Thanks to the iterator, clients can effortlessly traverse elements of different collections using a single iterator interface. The central concept of this pattern is to extract the traversal behavior of the collection into a separate object called an iterator. Along with implementing the algorithm, the iterator object encapsulates all the traversal details, such as the current position and the number of elements left behind. But why should you consider using iterators in your projects? Firstly, the iterator pattern promotes the concept of a single responsibility. By separating bulky traversal algorithms into different iterator classes, you can simplify the client code and enhance the maintainability of your collections. Secondly, the iterator pattern aligns with the open, closed principle, allowing you to introduce new collections and iterators to your existing code base without causing any compatibility issues. Thirdly, the real beauty of the iterator pattern lies in the fact that each iterator object maintains its iteration state. 
This feature empowers you to perform parallel iterations over the same collection, enabling efficient and parallel processing. Let's now explore the third behavioral pattern, the observer. The observer, also known as an event subscriber or listener, is a powerful behavioral pattern that enables you to establish a subscription mechanism, alerting numerous objects to any occurrences that affect the object you are observing. Through the observer pattern, any object that implements a subscriber interface gains the capability to subscribe and unsubscribe from these events. The object being observed is commonly referred to as the subject, but it is also known as the publisher since it informs other objects of changes to its state. On the other hand, the term, subscriber, denotes any objects that wish to receive updates on changes to the publisher's state. So, why should you consider using the observer pattern in your projects? First and foremost, the observer pattern aligns with the open, closed principle, providing a publisher interface that allows you to add additional subscriber classes without altering the code for the publisher itself. Second, the beauty of the observer pattern lies in the flexibility it offers. Relationships between objects can be established at runtime, allowing for dynamic changes to the observed objects. Let's now delve into the fourth behavioral pattern, the strategy. The strategy, a powerful behavioral design pattern, enables you to define a family of algorithms, encapsulate each in a separate class, and make their objects interchangeable. By turning a set of behaviors into objects, the strategy pattern allows these objects to be seamlessly interchanged within the original context object. The original object, known as the context, references a strategy object. The context delegates the execution of a particular behavior to the linked strategy object. By replacing the currently linked strategy object with another one, you can dynamically change how the context performs its work. So, why should you consider using the strategy pattern in your projects? Firstly, the strategy pattern empowers you to change algorithms inside an object at runtime, providing a level of flexibility that can be invaluable in certain scenarios. Secondly, the pattern allows you to separate an algorithm's implementation specifics from the code that employs them. This separation of concerns leads to cleaner and more maintainable code. Thirdly, by using composition over inheritance, the strategy pattern enables a more flexible and dynamic approach to code organization. Lastly, the strategy pattern adheres to the open, closed principle, as there is no need to alter the context to introduce new tactics. This characteristic promotes extensibility without modifying the existing code. As we wrap up our exploration of behavioral patterns, it's essential to remember that design patterns, when used correctly, can significantly enhance software architecture. However, they should be employed with caution, as improper implementation can lead to overcomplicated code and increased technical debt. Let's now explore the first structural pattern, the adapter. The adapter, sometimes referred to as the wrapper, is a powerful structural design pattern that enables the cooperation of incompatible objects. By designing an adapter, a unique object that changes one object's interface so that another can comprehend it, you can seamlessly integrate otherwise incompatible components. An adapter effectively conceals the intricate conversion process behind the scenes. The wrapper object does not know about the adapter at all. For example, an adapter that translates all data to imperial units, like feet and miles, can encase an object that works in meters and kilometers. The primary function of the adapter is to assist items with distinct interfaces in cooperating and converting data into various formats. Here's how it works. First, the adapter gets an interface compatible with one of the existing objects. Second, using this interface, the existing object can safely call the adapter's method. Third, upon receiving a call, the adapter passes the request to the second object but in a format other than what the second object expects. So, why should you consider using the adapter pattern in your projects? 
First and foremost, the adapter pattern aligns with the single responsibility rule. By separating the program's main business logic from the code for the interface or data conversion, you promote cleaner and more organized code. Second, the adapter pattern adheres to the open, closed principle. By using the client interface to interact with the adapters, you can add new types of adapters to the application without affecting the code that already runs the clients. Let's now delve into the second structural pattern, the bridge. The bridge, a powerful structural design pattern, enables the division of a large class or body of business logic into discrete class hierarchies that can be created separately. By employing the bridge pattern, you can separate a large class or group of related classes into two distinct hierarchies, abstraction and implementation, which can be developed independently of each other. The abstraction represents the high-level control layer for something and is often referred to as an interface. This layer does not intend to perform any actual work by itself. The task of performing the actual work, also called the platform, is delegated to the implementation layer. Please note that the terms, interface, and, abstract classes, used in the context of the bridge pattern are different from those in your programming language. So, why should you consider using the bridge pattern in your projects? Firstly, the bridge pattern empowers you to develop classes and applications that are platform independent. The high-level abstractions used by client programs are shielded from the platform specifics, providing a cleaner and more modular design. Secondly, the pattern aligns with the open, closed principle. You can introduce new implementations and abstractions without altering the existing codebase, promoting flexibility and extensibility. Thirdly, the bridge pattern adheres to the single responsibility rule. By concentrating on platform specifics in the implementation layer, and high-level logic in the abstraction layer, you ensure a clear separation of concerns. Let's now explore the third structural pattern, the composite. The composite, often referred to as the object tree, is a powerful structural design pattern that enables you to assemble items into tree structures and treat those hierarchies as if they were individual objects. By employing the composite pattern, you can seamlessly combine things into tree-like structures and manipulate them as if they were a single entity. This pattern has become a highly popular mechanism for managing complex procedures. So, why should you consider using the composite pattern in your projects? Firstly, the composite pattern allows you to work with complex tree structures more conveniently by leveraging the power of polymorphism and recursion. This makes the code more manageable and easier to maintain. Secondly, the pattern aligns with both the open, closed principle and the single responsibility rule. By using polymorphism and abstract classes, you can introduce new element types into the object tree without affecting the existing codebase, maintaining the functionality of the system. Thirdly, the composite pattern brings enhanced flexibility and reusability to your codebase. The ability to treat individual elements and composite structures uniformly allows for more elegant and concise code. Let's now delve into the fourth structural pattern, the decorator. The decorator, a highly versatile structural design pattern, allows you to give objects different behaviors by enclosing them in special wrapper objects that also contain the behaviors. This pattern enables you to dynamically add functionality to objects without creating new subclasses. By using the decorator pattern, you can wrap objects multiple times using decorators, each adding unique behavior to the final product. This stacking behavior makes the pattern incredibly useful in scenarios dealing with streams and other complex functionalities. So, why should you consider using the decorator pattern in your projects? Firstly, the decorator pattern enables you to change how an object behaves without the need for creating a new subclass. This flexibility simplifies code maintenance and promotes a more modular approach to development. Secondly, at runtime, you can dynamically change an object's responsibility by adding or removing decorators as needed. 
This runtime adaptability allows for greater control and customizability. Thirdly, by combining several behaviors through the use of multiple decorators, you can create complex and powerful functionalities that suit your specific requirements. Lastly, adhering to the single responsibility rule, the decorator pattern allows you to break down monolithic classes into smaller, more focused classes that implement various behavioral variants. Let's now explore the fifth structural pattern, the facade. The facade, a highly effective structural design pattern, simplifies the interaction with a complex system of classes, libraries, or frameworks by providing a limited yet straightforward interface. By employing the facade pattern, you can encapsulate the complexities of a subsystem, containing numerous moving parts, behind a single, easy-to-use class. This facade class may not offer all the features of the subsystem but includes precisely what clients need. So, why should you consider using the facade pattern in your projects? Firstly, the facade pattern allows you to keep your codebase separate from the intricate details of the underlying subsystem. This separation of concerns promotes better code organization and maintainability. Secondly, when integrating your application with a sophisticated library or framework boasting numerous features, the facade pattern helps you extract and use only the functionality you require, avoiding unnecessary complexity. Thirdly, the facade pattern provides an excellent level of abstraction, shielding your application from potential changes in the underlying subsystem, ensuring that any updates or modifications have minimal impact on your code. Let's now delve into the sixth structural pattern, the flyweight. The flyweight, a powerful structural design pattern, offers an ingenious solution to fit more objects into the available RAM by sharing a common state between different objects rather than storing all the data separately for each one. By employing the flyweight pattern, programs can support enormous numbers of objects while keeping memory usage to a minimum. This is achieved by dividing the object state among several objects and caching data that numerous objects require. So, why should you consider using the flyweight pattern in your projects? Firstly, the flyweight pattern significantly reduces memory consumption, making it particularly valuable in scenarios where memory limitations are a concern. By sharing common state among objects, the pattern allows your program to optimize RAM usage. Secondly, the flyweight pattern ensures that you can handle large numbers of objects without overwhelming the system. This is especially beneficial when dealing with applications that require handling a vast amount of data efficiently. Thirdly, the flyweight pattern can improve the overall performance of your application, leading to better response times and a smoother user experience. Let's now delve into the seventh structural pattern, the proxy. The proxy, a highly versatile structural design pattern, allows you to provide a substitute or placeholder for another object. By controlling access to the original object, the proxy enables you to perform actions before or after the request reaches the original object. The proxy pattern offers an object that acts as a substitute for a real service object used by a client. This proxy receives client requests, performs specific tasks such as access control or caching, and then forwards the request to the actual service object. So, why should you consider using the proxy pattern in your projects? Firstly, the proxy pattern provides a way to control the service object without the client's knowledge. This control allows you to implement additional functionalities or impose security measures without affecting the client code. Secondly, the proxy gives you control over the lifespan of the service object, allowing you to manage how long the object exists. This can be particularly useful in resource optimization and managing system performance. Thirdly, the proxy ensures that the system remains functional even when the service object is not ready or unavailable. The proxy acts as a safeguard, preventing the client from facing errors or disruptions. 
As we conclude our exploration of design patterns in Ruby on Rails, we've delved into three fundamental categories of patterns, creational, behavioral, and structural. Each pattern offers valuable insights and solutions to common software design challenges. Design patterns are powerful tools that can enhance the maintainability, scalability, and reusability of your codebase. By incorporating these patterns into your Ruby on Rails projects, you can achieve cleaner, more efficient, and easier to maintain software solutions. But that's not all. To further deepen your understanding and gain hands-on experience, we invite you to check out our blog. There, you'll find practical examples and code implementations of the design patterns discussed in this podcast. Our team of skilled Ruby on Rails developers is here to assist you with your projects. Whether you are seeking guidance or full-scale project development, our experts are ready to support you in your software journey. Join us for more exciting episodes as we continue exploring the vast world of software development. Remember, you can always rely on our Ruby on Rails developers for expert assistance with your projects. Reach out to us today to take your software development to new heights. Eglowood hopes you enjoy this program. For more details go to www.eglowoodit-solutions.com. Thanks for listening.